0: If you're passionate about something and you really want to learn a lot about it, I would go out and first of all, read everything you can about it, but really hook yourself up with experts. Best ever
1: listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We're going to be talking about raising money today. We're going to be talking to someone who is a client of mine and also a business partner, as well as someone who has raised over a million bucks on each of his first two multifamily syndications. How are you doing, Dave Thompson?
0: Joe, hey, nice to be here. Thanks for having me on.
1: My pleasure, my friend, and nice to catch up with you. We talk very, very frequently, and it's good to share your story here on the podcast A little bit about Dave. He is a full-time multifamily real estate investor. As I mentioned, he raised over a million dollars for each of his first two multifamily syndications. He's got over five years experience in purchasing single-family properties before he switched over to multifamily. Prior to this, he was a corporate executive and he switched over to multifamily investing after that. He's based in Austin, Texas. And With that being said, Dave, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus now?
0: Absolutely, Joe. Thanks so much. Um, so I got down here in Austin in 97. I've been working in the corporate world for about 20 years in high tech. After that much time, I was just looking for a change. I had done some part-time real estate investing on the side, as you mentioned, doing some single family and just started to get into some multifamily, duplex, fourplex here Austin, San Antonio area. I was just really looking to get into this more full-time, kept reading. I had joined Bigger Pockets. kept reading some books on multifamily, and I knew that was the direction I wanted to take it. So I left my full-time job, and I felt I was in a good place to do that, focus on that, and just see how that would work out. Fortunately, I met a very good coach and mentor in yourself, and it really kind of helped me put together a plan on how I could do that and really accelerate my growth. And really, after about three or four months of learnings, really understanding how to evaluate properties, markets, and that such, I believe we just reached out to each other. I think I took the initiative. I will give myself credit. (laughs) I think I took the initiative to say, hey, Joe, how can I help you? You know, I think that's an important thing. How can I really work with experts who are doing it and really accelerate my growth? And that's where it really changed for me quite a bit. And then I was able to participate on a couple deals that Joe has put together here recently, and I think surprised myself a little bit, and really the success we had out of the gate. You know, obviously great projects, great folks I'm working with who have experience. And if I look at it, that's really kind of the key for me. It's like finding someone who is doing it, finding someone who's willing to coach and mentor me. And at the same time, you know, I was full time. I was really focused on it. I was really passionate about it, and I, I found I really liked it. And I think that's really what led to some early success with this.
1: Let's talk in more detail about how specifically you were able to raise over a million dollars on each of your first two deals. Because it would have been daunting to myself if I hadn't done a deal to hear that. And I would be like, wow, that's incredible. Who did he talk to? Who invested? So you don't have to name names, obviously. But on the first deal where you raised over a million, where did those people come from?
0: Great question. So, an excellent exercise to do <laughs> uh, when you raise some money is to kind of go back and look at that group of investors. And raising a million dollars ended up with 13 investors. So I think it averaged about 75000 per investor. Most do the minimum. But I looked at this thing and I said, you know, I felt kind of where my natural paths were. But when I really looked at it, there's a couple of things that surprised me. I think the first thing was people that know you, family, friends. It was interesting because I really leveraged my wife's network. So she has a very strong network here, and they just seem you to know, really resonate towards real estate, they had some cash, and so that was a really natural path for me, one of my stronger areas. And obviously, she helped working with me on some of those meetings, and that really, I felt, helped. That's a trusting relationship, and that really got me going in a strong direction. I also had really your family and friends getting involved. Of course, that's a natural path for you because people that know you and know your background and say, hey, you know, Dave's had some success in other areas – think he can be successful here the one was bigger pockets I think that's a good one for for folks there are social media outlets that are focused on real estate education you tend to find investors out there looking for opportunities and syndications like this aren't well advertised legally they can't be so get into forums and you know you can't actually specifically talk about deals but we did find that there was a resonating audience out there that really felt that hey we know Dave Thompson just based on his profile, he's doing some things with syndication. (laughs) So that helped. And I guess the third one, I met some folks through my multifamily meetups. I thought I would do better there, Joe, in that area. Again, these seems like people that would be natural investors are going to multifamily meetings. But when I looked back and took a step back, I found that a lot of those people want to be active and also they're not always accredited, right? So just some good information on my first deal, kind of to assess things and see where I was strong and see where I want to continue to get stronger. And then in areas of weakness, I don't think it was something that I say, well, let's go shore that up right away. It's just maybe I want to spend as much time there. Maybe I want to go spend some time in the areas better.
1: So you got those three networks, your wife's network, bigger pockets, and the local multifamily meetups. Proportionately or percentage-wise for dollars invested, just roughly – on those three networks, where would you put it?
0: My wife's network. We were just talking about that yesterday. She was laughing. We had some friends over, and we were talking about some of the things that we've done here recently. And I was praising her for <laughs> her network and How she's able to get in front of me, in front of some folks. And I just found that the people that maybe know you better, or you know, look like you're trustworthy, they seem to do more money on average. And the people like bigger pockets who you're online with, folks. They're not seeing you. They don't really know a lot about your background other than you're raising capital for a syndication, your background. But those folks invested in just about equal numbers, but as far as the percentage of contribution, it was less. And that seems to probably make sense.
1: So just from a high-level percentage standpoint in terms of dollars invested in your first deal, roughly what percent was Wife's Network versus Bigger Pockets versus local meetups?
0: Good point. So I would say on just a value basis, it was about 35% Wife's Network about mm, 20, 25% bigger pockets. And I had one person, I didn't really mention this, but this is, I was with my family and friends network. I had an investor that I used to work with in the high-tech world who was my biggest contributor. Actually, over two deals has been the biggest contributor. So, and I didn't really focus on that, but that, that work network, especially if you're in high-tech or you're coming from a legal or medical background, you know, these people are making pretty good incomes and probably are interested in doing something. They're not active in real estate, but they like real estate and they know it's an important aspect of their investment portfolios. So those are really some good natural audience for me. The multifamily group, as I mentioned earlier, I ended up not having too much from that. I would say less than 5% came from my multifamily meetup group. And then it was interesting. The people closest to me, I think, don't be a natural audience over time, but it was just kind of interesting. I felt some of the people closest to me were just kind of saying, hey, Dave's still a corporate guy. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. he's moving into real estate. You know, Let's see how he does with that before we contribute. And I don't know if that's been your experience, Joe, but sometimes that seems to kind of make sense when you take a step back and look at that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The shift in perception about how people perceive you from your corporate world to a multifamily Investor. So just to close the loop on that, so I've got twenty-five to thirty-five percent wife's network, bigger pockets about twenty-five percent, the apartment network meetup groups about five percent, and the rest, so thirty-five percent ish, is your previous employers network, right?
0: Yeah, about twenty twenty-five percent of that, and then, yeah, I, just, I was going to a couple meetup groups here, one when I met monthly, a different, a little bit different focus, more education, but that's about right. I've experienced this over with two deals now. It tends to be about three decent pieces of the pie about 75 to 80 percent are coming from about three natural paths for you and then maybe a miscellaneous sprinkling of the (laughs) left 15 to 20 percent where you may not want to put too much of your focus on you know it could be and i didn't really have referrals like i asked for a few referrals and when it was felt really natural for me but i didn't feel that my first deal to ask for too many referrals but I, i believe referrals and repeat investors which I did experience on my second deal will be a bigger part of the pie going forward.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I did analysis on the deal we closed on. So your second deal that you raised over a million for and the deal where we all brought equity and it was 71% new investors, 29% returning, but it was a 50-50 split in terms of the equity they contributed.
0: And that's exciting, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, he, that, that's, the, keep the, doing that's the, the, the right trend. The trend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah well, and that's, yeah, go ahead.
1: Now, let's talk about the second deal. So, how did those categories, if at all, change from the total dollars invested in the second deal from your sources?
0: Yeah, so on the second deal, the biggest pie that changed was uh, obviously now we have a repeat investor. So, I uh, had about five investors from the 13 originally. On the next deal, I ended up getting, I want to say, maybe 15 investors. And so I would say about 25 to 30% were for, for repeat investors. My wife's network continued to be strong and got a little stronger. I think we we're up to maybe 35, 38%. Bigger pockets remain strong, especially from a numbers standpoint. I think I had, of my 27 total investors now, over two deals. I'm going to say 10 or bigger pockets, but again, they're doing more on the minimum side just to get their toe wet into it and say, hey, I'm trying to build that relationship with Dave and his the projects that we're working on, and that kind of made sense. So from a sheer investment per person, the strongest continue to be my tech person and then also my wife's network. And those three, uh, bigger pockets, my wife's network, and my technology background, those folks are contributing almost 90%, I would say
1: the individuals who you were introduced to in your wife's network did you already have a long-term friendship with them or did you kind of have to reacclimate yourself to them whenever you're talking to them about the deal
0: great question most of those folks i have met before not all of them i would say 75 80% i had met before in some social fashion we have an interesting club here in austin that my wife got me into part of that was what's called a half-half club. So if it's a Chinese woman married to anybody outside of the Chinese community, <laughs> that, that includes me, I guess I'm in there. And they would have a little club meet. Once every two or three months, they have a potluck dinner party or something like that. And so I met about half of them through that. So that was nice. I already kind of knew, knew these folks. And then another group were just folks that she knew through work or through other means here She teaches Mandarin, so she's interfacing with a lot of Asian families here already. And sometimes they would come to our house. So I I knew most of them in some form or or capacity, which obviously helped.
1: How did you bridge the gap from having the conversations around the dinner party and when they come to your house to learn English? How did you transition that to investing?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, there's a relationship built, and they probably had some understanding that I was working in technology or Dell or something like that. On most of those interfaces, my wife reached out first because she had the closer part of that relationship, and I think that kind of makes sense if I had just sent something out there. So we worked together on it, and then typically we would just say, hey, you know, we have this investing idea, wanted to share it with you, and oftentimes we would go to their house in the community, which made it convenient. And I found my most success, Joe, was actually sitting down when I had the couple in front of me and my wife. I mean, that was just like almost a home run every time. It was like it was a great project. I had a great team behind me, and I just basically had to walk through it and just say, hey, is this something that you'd be interested in or not? It wasn't a, it wasn't where you're, a point where you're trying to sell anybody. It's just like, you know, we have a relationship. Uh, let's just sit down and see if this is something that made sense. And it just resonated really well when I had the couple and really resonated well when I had my wife with me. Mm. That really helped quite a bit. And then once we had the relationship established, I could follow up one-on-one more on my own. But I found it's more of an natural extension of the relationship, just saying, hey, I would expect – they to come to me if they had some kind of idea that sounded interesting. And if I was uh, in that space looking for investments, I would appreciate that. And I'm not so sure if it's just with a Chinese network or not, but I know they, they do stay very close to each other and share ideas on how to help each other along in their lives. And, and it just seemed like it was a natural next discussion to introduce them to a new idea.
1: When you went to their house, was the meetings, What was the evening set around you to talking about the opportunity, or was it, hey, let's have dinner, and then you said, we'll also talk about this opportunity? Like, I'm trying to figure out this stated focus.
0: Most of the way we would be reaching out would be an email. And I know the deals that we've done, my experience with you, is we'll send out maybe a three-minute drone style. Here's kind of an overview. Before I even know if someone's interested, I'm not going to send them a a big deal deck. I already know these folks are accredited in advance, typically. But I would send that over and we just say, hey, is this something we want to get together on maybe next weekend at your house to talk about? I wouldn't really want to bring that up too much in a definitely not go through a deck or anything in a a less formal situation where I'm just having them over for dinner or a social. I find those half-half club meetings and whether you're doing a barbecue or whatever, not having anything planned to definitely take out and show anybody because that seems a little bit more artificial, right? But typically those kind of social is a great time to start getting that transition in people's mind that you're no longer working for that company. You're in this full time and your wife's helping you on the side with those conversations. You're having those direct conversations. We call it a little bit of a long game, but that can occur over a couple of sessions and it's kind of natural. Then you, they already kind of know you're moving in that direction. And then the next deal comes out. Then you're sending a little email and say, hey, let's get together. We kind of mentioned I was transitioning into this. This looks like an idea that resonated with you. You seem like you were interested in learning more about that. And then the meeting I set up after that is more just a direct meeting to, to go over that with them, either typically in their home or sometimes they come to my house. We found that that worked really well as well.
1: Dave, what's your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: For me right now, I would say if you're passionate about something and you really want to learn a lot about it, I would go out and first of all, read everything you can about it. But really hook yourself up with experts. That could be getting a mentor or coach. In my case, mentoring and coach led to actually a practical experience that would have never happened had I not reached out and really took this thing by the range and got serious about it. So be coachable, listen, look out there for someone you think that is credible and really dive into it with passion. And I think you'll find that those people over time will see that passion energy and will really want to Make you part of the team. See what you can do to support them. And if, if they win, you win.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round?
0: Yes. All right.
1: First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're interested in learning more about the Upper West Side of New York City and potentially buying real estate in this coveted Manhattan neighborhood, check out ilovetheupperwestside.com. This website was created and owned by Love Where You Live Realty, who specialize on the Upper West Side. Go to I Love the Upper West Side. com. Best ever book you've read?
0: Best ever book I read. The one thing I really like, it just resonates with me right now. The one thing just says you can be exciting about everything, but the one thing with Gary Keller I thought was outstanding. He's right here in Austin, by the way. He started Keller Williams. I read his previous real estate books on investing, but this one was interesting. I actually went to a follow up seminar on this topic, and you can go a long way just kind of focusing on that one thing that gives you the biggest bang.
1: And the co-author with Gary Keller on that book is Jay Papazon and he was on the show. And he's also based in Austin. And uh, best ever listeners, you can listen to that episode, episode 212, uh, with Jay Papazon the co-author of The One Thing, along with many, many other books that Gary Keller co-authored. Best ever personal growth experience, and what would you learn from it?
0: You can have transitions in your life, and you can get frustrated with some things out the gate, especially if you hit you by the blind side. But... In my experience, and my recent experience with this is there's a new door that's going to open up for you. Be optimistic. At the end of the day, find something you really like to do. <laughs> Just find something you really like to do. It won't seem like work to you. And then pretty soon you're putting in longer hours than you think, and you're seeing a lot more success. And you wonder why, because it's fun.
1: <laughs> I love it. Best ever deal you've done.
0: The best ever financial deal I have done is with these multi-level apartments. So just being able to feel that I can contribute and see success there, both from a learning perspective and from a financial perspective. First deal that I did with uh, Carrollton Oaks in North Dallas really got my confidence up that I could do this. So I think, you know, just my first deal, it was a big deal, 320 units, just knowing that I can be part of a great team and help. And it just opened up the doors for a lot more exciting opportunities.
1: And I remember when we were talking about the second deal where you ended up raising almost $1.5 million. You originally were at half of that for what you thought you could raise, so 750 So the first deal gave you the confidence, but the second deal, I feel like, showed you proof that your network was far greater than what you even originally thought after your first one.
0: Yeah. And I would agree with that. You just learn so many things through the first experience and just getting organized and being more confident. And when people talk to me about these deals now, and they say, hey, you've done a couple of deals. So this is kind of real. I can see you enjoy it. And when we talk about it, I don't feel like you're like selling me on it. It's just, you're just excited about it. You're just going to get better. You're going to follow up better with people, crisper on your communications, your timing's better. So yeah. Just stay in the game and uh, know you're going to get better and learn, and that's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to that.
1: You mentioned you're crisper on your communications. What's a specific example of how you've improved?
0: I guess the first thing is I tend to want to tell people a lot the first time I've seen them about something, <laughs> especially when you're excited about it, you know. <laughs> And I love this because I think maybe you coming from the advertising and marketing background, the first, you say, here's how I did it. and Here's how I did it. And and I saw your communication. It was like, it was like one line and here's a picture. And and it was like, why? It's so simple. So crisp. And we're all so busy with emails. And I looked at my email and I was like, "Gosh, it like I wrote a encyclopedia. I always even trying to condense mine down to, you know, just something readable on one pane of glass. And uh, I've learned that, listen, just get the idea out in front of people. They get so many emails, so many communications, you're fortunate if they open it up and leave and look at the drone thing. you know. So I like that. Just be simple. It's like fishing, I guess. You know, Kind of get the line out there and you get a little tug and then you can follow up with a meeting and, and more information.
1: And best ever listeners, just for some context, you've heard Dave say the drone thing twice. We don't send drones to investors. What he's referring to is that we have drones fly through the property, and we record a video, and then we provide that to our accredited investors. So that's when he's talking about the drone. That's what he's referring to.
0: Yeah, good point, Joe. And it's kind of the latest marketing tool, I suppose. But it's nice because you also put in a few high-level details, not just the pictures, right? But you know, some high-level details of why this makes sense to Ashcroft looking at this deal. And I think that really helps people visualize in a short, what, two or three minutes, maybe, yep. at the most. And,
1: exactly.
0: Uh, you know, so that's about most people want to spend on an email. And it seems like that's the way I'm going more often now. It's just simple, hey, this lunch is you and then you can get that coffee meetup, the lunch meetup going and give them the whole investment pitch the summary deck and stuff.
1: Best ever way you like to give back?
0: Most important thing to me is growing a multifamily business, but I love going to, even though I'm not having a lot of success with multifamily meetup groups from a standpoint of investors, and that'll come over time even better, but I like connecting people. I like listening to this show. I like listening to learn about other things besides multifamily because the more I learn about real estate in general, I'll have meetups with a couple people a week who reach out to me like through bigger pockets and such and just starting out new. And I've only been really doing this five years intentionally, but there's a lot you can offer people. And I don't look to get anything out of that other than I enjoy connecting people and sharing information to get them going in the right direction because I know that can save them time and money and frustration and so that's just something that I do I don't feel like I'm even doing it like I'm volunteering my time I just like to do it again doing something you're passionate about you end up probably volunteering your time and energy more than you would actually intentionally think so what that's what I do
1: what's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate
0: I got into um, small multi-family in in San Antonio with a builder and I got a little bit gung-ho and decided to sign up for him for building me a couple four-plexes and a duplex, and I just got excited, and I didn't really research the person's background as well as I could have, and I didn't go to a lawyer, which you probably should for a construction loan contract, put things in like, you have to complete things within a certain amount of time. <laughs> so these things will get built, but I'm over a year now on some of these building projects, and had I researched the builder's background, you know, I saw what they were doing. It looks like it was there in front of me. But I think maybe getting a legal support to review the contracts, make sure I was covered in case there was delays in buildings or whatever, that would have protected me a little bit more. These will get done. It's taken um, two to three times longer than I expected. So the opportunity cost, I've lost some opportunity cost there and just my time on following up. So whoever you're partnering with, take some time. Google them. Get some references from the deals that they've done and uh, just kind of make sure you're protected legally on some contracts to ensure that things go south, that you have, there's some reper- repercussions there and you'll try to get through that a little bit better.
1: What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you?
0: Email david at thompsoninvesting.com.
1: David at thompsoninvesting.com.
0: Yeah, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, yeah, david at thompsoninvesting.com. And I'm working on my website right now as we speak, so we'll direct someone to that a little bit later.
1: Well, Dave, this has been an educational conversation, especially for every Best Ever listener who is wanting to bring in equity for their deals from private investors. You've done it on your first two multifamily deals, over a million dollars on each of them. You've done it through your own work network, your wife's network, bigger pockets, and then in significantly less of a case, the apartment and meetup groups, but nonetheless, they're there. And now you're bringing in repeat investors on the second deal, and I'm sure assuming things go according to how they're projected to go, that will continue to increase. Also, the communication style that you had originally has since been optimized so that it is more succinct less robust and really honing in on the ways to get the most value and bring the most value to the relationship. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you having me. Take care.
1: If you're interested in learning more about the Upper West Side of New York City and potentially buying real estate in this coveted Manhattan neighborhood, check out ilovetheupperwestside.com. This website was created and owned by Love Where You Live Realty, who specialize on the Upper West Side. Go to I dot com.